0: Welcome to the Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more.
1: Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're listening to this. Zed this Sanderson, I'm one of the hosts of two young adults, two old kids. Do I do that right? Two old kids, two young adults. I always get it backwards because I desperately want to be the young person of the group, but I'm not. You we are. are here, you are. But I do have. I do have two young adults. My co host Capri and Alex, and we have our guest tonight, Jen Gifford. Uh, We're going to give her a proper introduction, but just to kind of let you guys know what this podcast is about, it's an opportunity young people to engage with experienced people in different industries. Tonight, we're going to talk about the medical industry specifically. And at the same time, for us old folks to get some insight on what young people think about what they want to know, we put those two folks together and we give them the opportunity to interact so they can ask questions and get experience on a number of different subjects. So with that in mind, this evening, we have a very special guest. I have Jim Gifford, uh, Chief Operating Officer of Little Medical School and uh interesting program they have what i'd like to do is just take a minute and maybe let jen explain what they do and then we'll start firing off some questions jen say hello
2: hi everyone thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to be here tonight thank you for um so- oh, absolutely all right let me tell you about little medical school so we are educating young kids about health and science careers we start at age four, go all the way up to, up to age 14, and uh, we've included a teen program in that so that we can get teens excited about health and science careers. So our mission is just really to, to, to inspire the next generation of healthcare heroes. And we do that through after-school programs, summer camps, birthday parties, uh, in-school field trips. So we have a lot of opportunities uh, to get our programming out there.
1: So, Jen, let me just start off, and again, thank you so much for being here. The reason this is is kind of important, Capri is on her way to Purdue, and she's interested in getting into the medical profession in some way, shape, or form. I wanted to ask some questions. But I think the thing is, being in the college advising business, I get a lot of young people coming in talking about going into medicine as a profession. And some of them are talking about nursing, physician assistants, PhDs. Maybe you could tell the folks out there if you have a young person who is showing interest in this particular field, why it's so important to get them some exposure at a young age.
2: I think having that exposure so young, learning A, how your bodies work and why they work the way they do, and also, you know, teaching them about basic life saving skills, that kind of interest in in showing them various healthcare careers at that, whether it be medicine, pharmacy, uh, veterinary medicine, you know, getting them excited early will only foster that, that love of going into healthcare, right? It's kind of setting those stepping stones and getting them excited at an early age so that they can then say once they get to high school, wow, is there a club I can be a part of? Is there, uh, you know, extra classes? Is there anything at the hospital I can do, volunteer opportunities, and just keep fostering that interest?
1: That is a great answer. I'm going to turn the mic over to Capri, but I do have one other question about that. I don't I think it's a big mystery here that becoming a professional doctor or physician assistant requires a significant investment. I mean, not only in terms of the amount of time and schooling, but also the amount of money that you make that you put in for that type of commitment. Jim, maybe you could just elaborate a little bit more from your perspective and what your experience is, why it's so important and so valuable to allow a young person to kind of get their feet wet in your program, and beyond that, um, before a parent or a family makes a commitment like that.
2: Well, I think allowing them to take um, a, a class with us—you know, where they're learning how to use real medical tools, how to use real uh, stethoscopes, how to use blood pressures you know, I've had kids in some of my classes that were squeamish to some of the things that we were talking about and, uh, you know, didn't want to hear certain words. And so then that kind of says, you know, hey, maybe my kid is not really interested in, you know, healthcare or how the body works or things like that. And then maybe they're interested in something different and that's okay. At least they tried, at least they took a class and kind of, Got to learn a little bit of something, and maybe it helped them overcome a fear of going to the doctor. You never know. So, there's a lot of kids out there that have a lot of fears about the doctor or the hospital. And by taking some of our classes, that helps with that. And then there are kids, we have a little girl right now that's taking our summer camp, and she has been wearing scrubs to our class every single day, different colored scrubs. I'm not kidding. It is the cutest thing. And that is one little girl. She is five years old. That is excited. And has her mom even said, all she wants to do is be a doctor. You come over to my house and she's going to do an exam on you. (laughs) 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 I mean, it's that like, I love fostering that. I love helping kids and teaching them about the profession, whether they choose to go into it or not, at least we've given them some basic know-how and gotten them excited about a healthcare career or science career at that.
1: That is fantastic. All right, Capri, uh, Alex will get his chance. I mean, he went to school and has a degree in psychology, but you're getting ready to go to school, namely Purdue University. Why don't you tell the folks what you're going to study? And maybe if you've got a few questions for Jen, you can fire those away too. Okay.
0: Um, I'm going to Purdue University to study biomedical health sciences. And my end goal is to become a surgeon. I mean, that might change, but been pretty stuck on that career for the last few years. And I just want to say like this, uh, if I'd known about little medical school when I was, I don't know, like seven, like, Oh, that would have been so cool. Um, I have so many questions. So I'll try and pick the best <laughs> one. It sounds like you told, already told us one of your favorite parts of your job is just like seeing um, kids like react and sparking that um, drive and like motivation. So let's move on to maybe um, how did you get your start with little medical schools? Because
2: well, funny enough, I come from a family of doctors. My dad mm-hmm. is a retired uh, physician. My brother is an orthopedic surgeon, um, and my sister was a nurse and I ended up working at the hospital and I worked for my dad for years and so i you know I was a, a tech at the the local hospital here in St Louis worked there for six years and and then went on and got my degree in health administration health management. I was working for a um, independent physicians group uh, that offered a variety of different uh, medical professions, you know, Mm -hmm. orthopedics and internists and different things like that. And they happened to be underwriting Little Medical School. Mm -hmm. So kind of helping it get its first steps off the ground. So Dr. Mary Mason is the, the CEO and founder of Little Medical School. And they asked if I would come in and help build the 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 school base for St. Louis. So mm-hmm. calling on schools, calling on parks departments, community centers, churches, libraries, anybody that would be interested in running or allowing us to come in their after school programs. That's what I did, and then I started so we use real medical equipment. So then it is sourcing all the products that go into all of our programming. So as of today, we have over 400 hours of programming at little medical school. So (laughs) sourcing all those products for all those various programs and branding it and giving little medical school a name was something I was very, very involved in. And then, and so I started just building the St. Louis market in 2015, Dr. Mason asked, um, if we wanted to to franchise and so we started franchising it. So now we have over 35 franchises internationally and domestically that are running our after school programs and summer camps and all of that. And then on top of that, I helped create the toy line <laughs> for a little medical school. So we do have a toy line and it does come with real working stethoscopes. It's not your typical medical kit out there. It is one that is very STEM based and full of role play and lots of fun. So I got really lucky to be honest with you. I've had a lot of, you know, bad jobs throughout my years and little medical school was a blessing. And I, I couldn't be happier for the, the role I've gotten to play over the years, starting off as coordinator and now chief operating officer and getting to oversee all the operations. Um, honestly, has, has been one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah,
2: I'm a lucky
0: girl. love the right place like right time with a little exactly um so in starting all of that what was one of the biggest challenges you faced and how did you overcome it
2: um well I would say one of the biggest and one of the, the the biggest things that our franchises face too is going into a market where nobody knows you You know, what is this little medical school and what are they doing and why are they doing it? And, and I'll tell you, it was worse before COVID. And now ever since COVID, you know, everybody is interested. Everybody's interested in health. We're getting more phone calls. We're running more summer. We're having the biggest summer we've ever had. Um, everybody is interested. Everybody wants to know because we, you know, we did classes on on COVID. We did classes on proper hand washing. We, we tried to really pivot to, to do some virtual classes since we couldn't be in the after school setting during COVID. COVID was a huge hurdle for us. And I think we did an awesome job. And Dr. Mason, and she came out swinging and she was doing free classes online with her daughter and you know, making blood online and all sorts of cool stuff. So we really did pivot well and, uh, and just tried to, to make sure that we kept that programming and alive and was able to bring it to as many children as we could. That's incredible.
0: Um, Alex, do you want a chance to talk?
1: <laughs> no you did not need to say nothing
3: <laughs> this is all you, all you He's our bodyguard
0: body I got like a list here <laughs>
3: go through Absolutely it go through. I know this is, this is very relevant to you yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> I love okay. talking about it so yes you can ask me anything so as someone who's entering a STEM field um, what are either some really important things that you think everyone should know or a challenge that many people face that like it might have an easy fix or they should be aware of before entering the field.
2: I think you got to really, you know, have a passion for it. And you have to have a a want to, I mean, it is, if you want to be a doctor or a surgeon, it, it takes a lot of schooling. And, um, a lot of dedication and time and to be able to put that in and fulfill your dreams. I, I say you should absolutely do it. If, you know, if it's something that you're wavering on, take some classes, find out if it's truly meant for you. I wish. So I don't, I don't know if I had a chance to say this yet, but we utilize, um, college students like yourself, um, high school students to help us teach our programs. So we use medical students, nursing students, pharmacy students. We've used uh, students that are going in to be teachers. Uh, we've have some retired doctors that have helped us, nurses, um, really giving kids the opportunity to to teach it themselves. And, and they're like, whoa, I'm learning stuff just by teaching it. Plus it is also teaching you how to interact with others, especially kids. So it kind of helps with your bedside manner (laughs) and, you know, and there are some people that are just not cut out for it and that's totally fine. You can find another Avenue within health and science for sure, but getting the opportunity to work with kids and you watch a child, put a stethoscope in their ears and listen to their heartbeat for the first time and their eyes just get really wide because they hear it for the first time. It is incredible. And to me, that's worth it. So I say, if it's your passion, go for it.
0: Yeah. I've definitely had one of those experiences where we, um, at my school, we had this biomed pathway and I took it all four years and we got to take our um, own like blood pressure and, like stick the stethoscope under like the cup and hear oh, that yep. was really cool. the Yeah.
2: Hearing a blood pressure for the first time was pretty cool for myself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. learning how to do it and do it on patients was scary for the first yeah. time. But once you get it, it's like, you know, it's our body works in mysterious ways and it's just a miracle. And mm-hmm. just to be able to teach kids that is, it's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. That I always find cool. it so impressive that like, younger kids when you're talking to them and they're like really interested about something that they can conceptualize it so much better than like I can. Sometimes I'm like, wow, you yeah. know your stuff. It's pretty yes. Cool. Um, would you mind walking us through like one of the, what a typical class might look like? Like what sure. you do and whatnot. Yeah.
2: Um, I I'll say which one I have so many favorites Um, But I think I'm gonna start with our our very first class ever, which is what's in the doctor's bag. Mm -hmm. And so we start every little medical school program, and I'm not joking when I say this, with a white coat ceremony. So each Mm -hmm. child receives a white coat and we do a white coat pledge. So we teach them the importance of that white coat ceremony and why doctors go through it. And uh, so then we have our words of the day. And we always like to pick kind of big words and words that, you know, make them uh, have to really think about it. And one of our words, and for that class, and let's see if you know it, is sphygmomanometer.
3: Absolutely
1: not.
2: Do you guys know what that is?
1: Mm-mm. What? about nope, me? Capri, I
2: know it measures know? something. It does. It's a blood pressure. It takes your blood pressure, a sphygmomanometer. So we actually get the kids to say that word because how cool is it for them to like go home? They're sitting around the dinner table and they're talking about sphygmomanometers. (laughs) So (laughs) So we do use those big words. So we go over the words of the day and then they get to put together their stethoscope. So it comes in three separate pieces. They put it together. They get a name tag for it. And then we teach them how to use it. And so just the excitement with that, using it, listening to their heartbeat and then listening to their lungs and listening to their digestive sounds and seeing if their stomachs are growling it. And, and so mm-hmm. they love that. And then, uh, then we learn how to use the blood pressure cuff and most of the time with young kids, all they really want to do is just pump it up. They just want to pump, 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 pump. And you know, it, we're just teaching them the basics and, 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 Learning a, uh, a blood pressure is very difficult and it takes a long time to learn that. But really what we're teaching them is just what is it? Why do we do it? Why is it so important? And, and give them the basic know-how of how to use it. And then our next activity is how to use the reflex hammer. So we use real reflex hammers and we teach them how to use it on the knee um i'm not so very good on the ankle or the elbow but the knee um and the kids love it they love to watch their knees and they're they're, they're like swing up in the air and then their last activity is they get to role play doctor and then the patient so they get to do the listen to their heart with their stethoscope. They get to do a blood pressure on their patient and they get to check the reflexes. They fill out a little plan of action. You know, does my patient need to eat more veggies, you know, cute stuff like that. So, and they fill it out and they sign it and they either give their patient a, 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 you know, a a check Mark of a bill of health or the, you know, kids are, they like to joke around and pretend like they're sick. So they have a good time. Role play is a big part of our programming it truly helps kids remember especially when you do it over and over again so that's the whole class and then we do a review and then one of my favorite things though at the end of our six week program because all of our after school programs are six weeks uh, they meet one day a week for an hour we do a graduation ceremony so we invite the parents to come and they uh, the kids do a presentation on everything they learned over the six weeks and then we call them up one by one and give them our diplomas. And then we have them recite our own Hippocratic Oath. And then they, get to, then they get to go home.
0: That sounds adorable.
2: It is. You should come teach for us.
0: <laughs> I will. Definitely 10 out of 10. Yes. Um, I have one more question, and I think we'll almost be out of time. So sure. I've started to see this even It's like through the four years of high school, people who come in and they're really excited about um, just like learning about more STEM based things. And throughout the four years, they've like they've reached a point where they're still interested in it, but they're kind of burnt out a little bit. How have you like faced that sort of challenge with the little medical school? With as far as like st- our instructors getting burned out or um, no, like if there's any kids who have been doing it for like X amount of time and then they start to dislike it, or you maybe with the more older kids that they're like they try this like new thing and then they're like obsessed with it and then it's just not as interesting anymore.
2: So I will say that we've had several students that have come through that have taken every single program we have ever offered, they've <laughs> taken every single summer camp. And so they're just waiting for us to create new programming so that they can then come and take that program. Mm -hmm. And, and I love that. Now there are some kids that will take just only our veterinarian programs because they know they want to be a vet. So, you know, we try to encourage them to go for some of our other programming, but man, do they love their veterinarian programs. So we try to create more of those. And then once they get to a point where they're kind of aging out of it, We, we usually ask them to come back to us in high school, like junior or senior year in either a volunteer and be a junior instructor, or they can help us. Like if we have a, a big event with the girl scouts or the boy scouts or something maybe to do around the office, you know, come and help us. And then once you get into college, come teach for us. Like, and then we'll write you letters of recommendation. Dr. Mason is wonderful about that. She will write you a letter of recommendation for medical school, nursing school, whatever field you're going into. She is, uh, it's just wonderful. So would be willing to do that as well. And I think that's really beneficial for a lot of students who want to go into the medical field and and getting that letter of recommendation is a, is a big win for them. So you
0: guys do have like next steps for people who kind of like aged out.
2: Absolutely. And we also teach kids, you know, like on our teen program, you know, what does it take to start a, a medical office and in a career in medicine? And, you know, what is all the stuff you have to buy all the office stuff, all the hiring people and just what it takes. Cause it's not just about the medicine, especially if you're starting your own practice. So we, we, yes, insurance, especially yes. So just really trying to help as much as we can. And, um, and Dr. Mason's been really great about that. I love how Capri
1: keeps referring to teenagers as aging out. That doesn't, cool. that hurts my
0: feelings. The program, I'm, I like looked I, on the I, website and I heard that as like mostly like four to 14, kind of. So, like right as you're entering high school. Yeah. Well, and that's where we encourage the volunteering.
1: I'm glad that you mentioned that. So, I have two questions related to that, Jen. Um, listen, you got 35 locations nationally, internationally. Let's say a young person, is listening to this going, man, I want those types of programs, but they're not available. How can they get involved so they can have some experience that tells them what the medical field is like? And I love the veterinarian piece. That is just brilliant.
2: Wow. it's um, so big.
1: Yeah, I totally, uh, I, I'm curious what would you suggest to somebody who might not have access to your program yet but they do want to get a feel for it what what's some practical pointers that you could give them to see if it's the right fit and to really get the experience that might it make it make a difference not only in a career choice but in the application process too
2: well we've had people call you know and that's what started us franchising is because somebody's grandchild came to st louis uh that lived in a different state And took our camp and they wanted it, they wanted more of it. And so that's why we started franchising so that we could get it out there. Now, yes, would we love it to be everywhere and have? I mean, I would love every child should have the opportunity to take our programs. I truly believe that because of just the different things that we're teaching them. Um, If it's not available to you or in your location, I recommend looking at your local hospitals because I can tell you that a lot of them offer various programs for, you know, high school students, middle school students. I, I think we are the only ones offering it for such young kids. But I say, if you're near one of our franchises, I would absolutely get on our website and look up our locations. And if one is near you, I would click on it. You can apply. You could talk to our franchise owner. I can help you. Um, and um, we're always willing to help. So I you know I would love for everywhere, but we're, we're getting there.
1: Jen, I got this crazy idea. I'm going to brainstorm this live on this broadcast. Okay. See, what I think would be cool is if Capri was like, I want to do one of these at my high school. Granted, it's not a franchise, but if she could go through a program and learn a couple of those basic deals and they could do an after school program at the middle school level, high school level, just i think what you guys do is fantastic and honestly i think more professions should be setting up these opportunities for folks young people to get real world experience to the best that they possibly can so they make an informed decision and and i'll tell you how practical it is my daughter ever since she was a kid i'm gonna be a nurse i'm gonna be a nurse i'm gonna be a nurse. I'm gonna be a nurse. And then she got her blood drawn one time and she's like, no, I'm not doing that. That But you don't know until you know. Right. So I don't know. These young folks here are pretty smart. We got to figure out a way to get this in some schools, some maybe some other franchises that are doing after school programs. This seems to be a no brainer to me.
2: Absolutely. Well, and we do try to get grants um, through the various avenues so that we can, you know, get out our programming free to underserved at-risk communities. Um, like I said, every child should have the opportunity to take our classes, especially, you know, that we're teaching life-saving skills, tying tourniquets, uh, base, uh, like first aid, CPR, Heimlich, um, Role playing, calling nine one one, things that they're not learning in their day to day schooling, we're teaching them in the after school setting, and I just think it's vital. So yes, the more we spread the word, doing this podcast, you know, hopefully you guys will start talking about it to others, and the the word will get out, and more and more people will want to bring our programming to their cities because I do think it's it's really important. Well, I mean, Jen,
1: this is how this podcast started, right? Alex and I were speaking for Avid and um, young people coming, at, asking his experience in college and what he went through and different projects. I mean, there's an opportunity here. We're gonna keep messing around with this until we get this thing everywhere. Um, I did wanna um, kind of ask another question specifically regarding, um, it just slipped my mind because I got all excited about that other thing. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you talked about that young girl who comes to school every day in her scrubs. Yeah. Do you have another story, somebody that sticks out in your mind that went through the program and now maybe is a doctor now or just gave you guys great feedback from their experiences?
2: Well, when I first started years ago, nine years ago, we had an instructor, actually. He, it was his first time teaching. He was just, I think, right out of high school and was contemplating a career in medicine. So he came and taught several camps for us, several classes throughout the year when he had availability, you know, with uh, of, of starting college and all of that. But he is now a, a doctor and happy. And all he can talk about is how his experience teaching for a little medical school and just working with the kids uh, really helped him you know, keep going and wanted him to, he was like, I just want to do this. And so he is truly happy and we're truly happy for him. And uh, we want more, We won't, hopefully more of our instructors will do that. And I mean, we've had a lot of kids come through the program, thousands and thousands. And since we are, you know, only nine years or 10 years old, so it's going to take a little bit of time before we start seeing some of our students get into um, medical school. But we do hope that they'll come back and, and talk to talk with us or teach for us. So that would be ideal.
1: That's a great opportunity. You allow them to come back and teach. I can't even stress how powerful that is on an application for admissions or yes. writing about that in your personal statement or an essay or an interview that tells the university that you have a game plan and that yeah. you've got, you're successful at what you're doing and that you're serious about that. Any university or college is going to want that type of student in and around them. Absolutely. Alex, I wish I could shut you up. You've said way too much tonight. You've you burned up all of our time. <laughs> What? So let me, I want to give you this quote off of um, Little Medical School's uh, website. I jotted this down. I thought it was great. Our programs aim to inspire children to aspire for careers in healthcare and by extension, veterinary, STEM, all of those things. Jen, yeah. you guys are doing a great job. I mean, thank those, you. what you guys I- are accomplishing is, is fantastic.
2: I truly appreciate it. It's, it's just been a joy getting to, to build this and, and uh, bring it out to all, all students. And hopefully we can just keep spreading it.
1: Well, whatever we can do to help. I've got some thoughts. I'll connect with you later on this week or early next week because I think there's some opportunities. I have a little bit of background in the franchise business. so I've got some ideas maybe you thought of, but I think you guys run some amazing things.
2: Thank you. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me on tonight. I hey, it.
1: I know you're busy traveling like crazy, making toys, all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff. I appreciate you joining us. Listen, um, this is why we do this. We want to get practical experience, what's happening in the real world in the hand of young people so they're also inspired. I know Capri's got a fantastic career ahead of ourselves. Yes, good you guys luck. To connect yeah. and chat. And listen, like I said, this is uh, two old kids, two young adults. I'm all excited, even though Capri said I've aged out. I'm excited about what you guys do and what is capable of if we can just connect young people to experienced, uh, mature people. On behalf of Alex, Capri, our guest, Jen, this is Ed Sanderson. We'll talk to you
2: next time. Thank you.
1: All right. We couldn't get enough of Jen. (laughs) Um, We were all super excited. We shut the recording off. Alex pouted and was crying. He had questions he wanted to ask. So we're going to do the bonus extended cut version of this. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Alex, take the stage, buddy. All
3: right. Thank you, guys. I did have a few more questions for you, And I think what you do is so cool. Um, I think I know we've talked a lot about you expanding to 35 franchises, which is awesome. Obviously, you have the medical side of it, the veterinarian side of it as well. I want to, um, on that topic of expansion, um, do you anticipate expanding this program to educate children about other career opportunities? And if so, what are those areas that you potentially see it expanding to, or are you just trying to stick strictly on that uh, medical side of everything?
2: Um, well, like we, like I, I'll tell you the next program we're working on is forensics. Um, uh, okay. yeah. So that DNA sounds so fingerprinting. cool. Fingerprinting. Yeah. I'm excited about that.
3: I one. nerd out about that.
2: Yeah we've also and we haven't even put it out but we have a franchise uh in china and um and and she is wonderful and she we created chinese medicine (laughs) so we have that program that we haven't even put out yet um you know we do have a business school that we have written we just haven't figured out how to get kids excited about business school so you know it's 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 coming up with Fun, clever ways to get kids excited about those uh, different types of careers. I mean, I would love to see, so I have an 18 year old son, and he's very confused about what he wants to do and what path he wants to take as a career. And so we've been looking a lot at trades, different trades, but I think it would be kind of cool to teach kids at a young age what is welding, what is plumbing, what is, you know, uh, mechanics. And all sorts of cool stuff, but they don't teach any of that until the latter part of high school, if you're lucky. Exactly. And so I, I don't know. I, I, could we do something along those lines? I think so. Um, it's just figuring out the logistics of all of that, the safety. <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: That's probably somewhat important in that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I would say. Yeah. I'd say yeah, exactly. Who cares? But I don't know, that's really interesting. I love, I know we've talked about that a little bit too, about having that on the podcast. Is I talk a little bit more about trade school, but you know, safety comes first for sure. Absolutely. And um, on that, I know you talked about too, about trying to come up with fl- like fun and clever ways to make, you know, business school appeal to kids. Um, oh. So obviously, being a doctor sounds, well, I don't know, when I was a kid, being a doctor, a veterinarian, sound cooler than being a business owner. But yeah. um, on that same topic too, did you find that it was difficult to, to find that balance between making it fun for the kids? Because obviously, you know, want to hold their interests and in everything and obviously making it educational as well. Was it difficult to find that balance between making it fun and holding their interest and then making it uh, educational for them as well?
2: It is, if there's, if you have to, it's a fine balance. So yeah. we, it's a little bit of lecture because if mm. you think about it, they're in school all day Yeah. and then they come to us And the last thing they want to do is be lectured at. They want to have a little bit of fun. So a little bit of talking. And then we try to jam in as many activities or role plays as we can because they just want to play. Like So we have a, a surgery class. Where um, they learn how to suture, and we, you know, I got real medical needles made, like curved needles with blunt ends, so they don't hurt themselves, and Good. surgical drivers, and, and we get <laughs> yeah, safety, safety first. Don't listen
3: to Ed, kids. My gosh.
2: <laughs> Teaching them how to suture, and tie knots, and all that fun stuff, and then we role play a cholecystectomy, and that is the removal of your gallbladder. And so one of the students is the surgeon, one of the students is the patient. We have another student that plays the role of the surgical nurse and then the anesthesiologist. And so we, we just role play that surgery. And then they're like, well, I want to be the patient. Well, I want to be the anesthesiologist. <laughs> so then we have to do it multiple times of and course. that's perfectly fine, but they love it. And then it, it helps them. It really helps them remember and it gets them excited. So I, I think that's, a, a, you know, that role play is, is key.
3: So yeah, like, especially when you have those girls. roles.
2: Pardon? You want to take that class? Yeah. Okay, come on. <laughs> Let's
3: jump back in time a few years. surgery
2: class, too. <laughs> Not what's, at all. what's an
3: advanced surgery?
2: Oh, my gosh. Where they're, like, suturing, um, like, the tips of medical gloves back together. Uh, Ooh, and like, oh, that's, so like, TBS.
3: Protect- that's tough.
2: I know. Yeah. We also did Tommy John surgery. So we created a, do you know what Tommy John surgery is?
3: Yeah, for the uh, shoulder, right?
2: It's for the elbow. For yeah, elbow. So yeah, that's it's right. a very it's a popular yeah. uh, surgery for baseball players. Yeah, yeah. And so we created our own surgical board. We drilled the holes in the elbow and then we use a special cord and it plays off as the, because you take a tendon out of the leg and you do the tendon transfer. And so they get to do that in our sports medicine program how oh. Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Incredible. I was going to say, I don't know if you have to expand even to other different career paths. I feel like there's so much you can do just like different surgeries or like yes. different situations that you find like bedside or in the medical. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's just crazy the amount of ways that you can just expand already with what you're doing.
2: So many options. I mean, and you know, we have a pediatrician program, nutrition, dentistry. Now, there's some programs that are not nearly as popular, like dentistry. Nursing isn't as popular, which is really makes me sad because yeah. we already have such a terrible shortage of nurses and doctors and pharmacists and vets. And the, these kids, these kids that we're teaching right now, are our future nurses and doctors exactly. and pharmacists and vets. And we need them desperately. We absolutely need to spark disinterest now because if we don't, we're going to be in a world of trouble. So we, we really do. EMTs, firefighters, I mean, we've worked closely with both uh, departments here in St. Louis, just including them in some of our programs and teaching kids the importance of, uh, you know, emergent EMTs and, you know, our paramedics and firefighters and how important they are and uh, our police officers, all of it. So it's, uh, it's something that uh, if we don't keep teaching them, you know, we're, we're really going to be at that low shortage and it's not going to put us in a good place.
3: Yeah, yeah, I work with nurses every day and um, do a lot of recruiting for that as well. So I don't know mm-hmm. how big the shortage is right now. It's it's kind of scary. We definitely need a lot more of those individuals in the healthcare field. Um, then last question, and then I'll save the rest of mine for uh, your next appearance. But okay. um, on that same topic of medical devices, um, what was that collaboration like? Like, did you collaborate with other healthcare professionals in making these medical devices like safe for kids? Like, I'm kind of curious about. What that process was in terms of you know getting like a an iv or something or syringe and just kind of making that obviously safer and but also educational
2: yes so like anything that i get made um has to go through certain testing cpsia and you know there's a lot of very specific testing that all of our products go through and so then we get uh uh, letters of conformity, and we get that testing reports. Especially with our toys, all of our toys are tested um, because we do. You put real working stethoscopes in a lot of our kits, and um, so we want to make sure that it is safe for for any child to to utilize. And then we do sell our stethoscopes on their own as well. So we we just make sure that all that testing is completed, and it is safe for them to utilize our products. And if we do not get the go ahead, then we don't use it.
3: Mm-hmm. And you guys do your homework. So, obviously, you guys Safety do your homework. It's our
2: priority yeah. for sure. Yeah.
3: Safety is your priority, but also making it like realistic so it can be like, okay, so this is what it's like to use a stethoscope or a yeah. syringe I mean, they or do, whatever. We use
2: yeah. like a syringe, but with no needles. It's just like yeah. one that you use to, you know, give out medicine or what. But they'll draw up like water or different colored solutions like a nurse would do if they were, you know, drawing up a medication. Uh, we use mortar and pestles, real mortar and pestles in our pharmacy program. Uh, we teach about medication safety and, you know, safe storage of medications. So we really try to to rein home, you know, the, you know just safety in general and, and your health and taking care of yourself and mm-hmm. and uh, w- why that's so important.
3: Awesome. That's so cool. I, I love what you do. That's like, that's one of the coolest things ever. Thank I'm you. excited to see how you guys expand.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: I'm
3: glad sure. you asked your questions. I am, too. <laughs> I am too. Thank you guys. Appreciate your extra time.
1: Of course. Well, thanks for sticking around. Appreciate that. So here's the drill. Like I said, two old kids, two young adults. You can see the kids ran the show tonight. They got good questions. Lots of input. I hope that's valuable for other young people. Here's the drill. If you like it, give us a thumbs up. If you love it, share it with somebody else. And if you want to kind of keep hearing what to say, subscribe to our channel. Again, on behalf of the team, we appreciate you guys being here. Jen, thanks for being a great guest. And we will see you again on the next episode.
0: Make sure and subscribe to this show so you don't miss the next episode of Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We want to hear from you as well. You can email us at 2OK2YA at gmail.com.